Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I am here with Jacob Hiller, and we are at COTA for the GT World Challenge. But I want to know a little bit more about what's going on in your world right now for racing. Um, racing, supporting racing, anything related to the, the racing community. And, and right, yeah, so right now, um, I guess my main priority is I'm engineering and driving for a WRL uh, endurance team. Um, in the GP3 class, it's, uh, the team is open throttle racing and uh, we're running an E46 BMW and uh, we're in contention for the championship right now. So that's my main focus and then to supplement that and then learn in the industry more um, working uh, pro series. So like SRO, GT America. Um, it's a pretty big year for me as far as that goes because I'm still working a full-time job. So it ends up being <laughs> 16 or 17 weekends. Yeah. And then associated weekdays with that. Um, so yeah, I've been staying really busy. Yeah. Um, and so you live nearby though, so this wasn't necessarily a travel weekend for you. Right. But um, so talk a little bit about uh, how the season has gone either. I know you said you're in contention right now. So talk a little bit about that and, and where you're at in the season. Yeah. So um, we just finished up at Road America last weekend um, and it was our third race in the WRL uh, schedule. And uh, the car that I'm engineering and, and driving, I guess managing, you would say, is uh, it's a new build for the team. And it was built uh, specifically to do WRL. It does do some champ car to help earn a little more money for the team. Um, but it's an E46 ZHP 2002, I believe, and uh, four-door. But new build for the team. Um, our first weekend, we at Barber. I think we ended up with a P4 and a P2. Um, second weekend, P4, P5, and then a P3, and then this last weekend at Road America, P2 both days. All right. Um, we were in. I mean, we were going to win Sunday, and we just got really unlucky with the timing of a red flag. But that's just how it goes with the dirt yeah. racing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for a new team coming in and we're up against AOA Racing, they run three cars. Um, this weekend they had two, but they're extremely competitive and they've been, and they, they run an NC Miata and they've been developing that chassis since the NC was the cup car, the Mazda cup car uh, days. So they've got that little car worked out and three races in were, I believe, 11 points behind them in the championship, sitting P2 in the championship. So. I'm really excited about it. Um, just want to give a shout out to Mike Gorman and all the open throttle racing guys. I mean, they've been wonderful with me. I think that they put on uh, probably the best, you know, if you want to get your feet wet into wheel to wheel racing, the best way to do it is endurance racing because of the amount of seat time. And I think he runs one of the best amateur, like entry level 
programs you can run. I mean, he runs a bunch of cars uh, throughout basically the full champ car season. And the first time I rented with him was one of his champ cars at Carolina Motorsports Park, and it was just, it was a blast. Like, I've been racing champ car for five years, and that was my favorite race for sure. And then developed a relationship with him on the team, and we started working really well together, and now my job is to help them produce results in WRL, so. So with him um, owning and operating that team, their goal is to have the drivers come in and help support, you know, their, pay for the ride. Yeah. And then helps, so that of course supports the team yep. to continue. Mm -hmm. um, and But you're, he's doing WRL and Champ, yep. both of them? Yeah, they stay extremely busy. I mean, how big is, how big is, it, how many cars does he have? Does, does he have That's people with their own? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, how many race cars does he have that could be prepped on any given weekend to run? I'd say probably six, uh -huh. maybe seven. <clears throat> um, but then he's got a bunch of donor cars. I don't know. That guy buys a car, it seems like, every week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he runs, I think he's got a couple full-time guys, um, but he just, he just runs a great program. They have an amazing finish record. In, in WRL, we have a 100% finish record. Yeah, that's a big thing for the endurance stuff, right? For the, especially if you're not the first driver, right? right? Yeah. So um, I suppose that that word gets around. Yeah. And it's it's good for yeah. good for business. Yeah, they do. They do. One of my favorite parts about them is like you know you you work with or you rent with different teams and you run into different personalities of team owners and team culture and everything and. Um, you always want to get this good balance of having fun while being competitive and some teams are too competitive some teams which makes them maybe not fun some teams focus too much on the fun where for somebody like me i'm pretty competitive mm -hmm. it's, that ends up not being fun to me because we don't care about results mike somehow manages to blend all that into like the perfect balance right like you can be extremely competitive but everybody's laughing joking around having a good time nobody's stressed Everybody works well together, so. So are you doing any Champ Car stuff this year or just WRL? I'm not doing any Champ Car this year. Not planned, at least. I've, I've gotten invited to a few things. I just can't make it work with my schedule, really. Um, I'd like to. Yeah. Champ Car is a great series. I mean, I cut my teeth in that series. Um, you learn a lot. There's a bit, there's much more diversity in the types of cars. Not quite as much as Lemons, but there's a huge diversity in them. A bunch of cars you wouldn't think would be quick or really quick so um, it's, it's a great starting point for sure what's the what's the formatting difference between champ car and WRL is it about the same it's about the same the, the main difference the main difference is that and this is aside from like performance oriented yeah. car things is that in champ car you're limited you have a minimum pit stop time of five minutes meaning that every stop you do that includes fuel has to be at least five minutes. And that, that's meant to slow down new teams because when you're trying to fuel really quickly, it can be dangerous, there can be fires. Um, and then also with new, newer drivers, uh, fatigue is an issue unless you train for it or you have experience with being in a car for a very long time. You know, a two-hour stint can be pretty exhausting, so they limit each driver to two hours yeah. at a time. Um, so with that, it, it really simplifies the strategy, the fueling strategy. You know exactly how long everybody's stop is going to be, and you know that they're going to have to come in at two hours. So 
the strategy is really simplified, but it allows you to learn at a, at a better pace. Yeah. Um, and then WRL, there's no minimum pit stop time, and driver time limits, I believe it's three hours at a time, and then hour break, and then three hours at a time. So if you run two drivers, you can make that work for you. But uh, it opens up the strategy to be a lot closer to like IMSA style. You know, you, the fuel strategy is what has gotten us a lot of good results in WRL and just, and also like you said, just staying out there and, and turning laps. Yeah. Oftentimes we're not the fastest car on track, but we're, we're putting laps down where the others aren't, so. So speaking of uh, endurance and physical shape and everything like that, especially for long ones, what, what's, what's one of the first things to go for somebody who isn't used to those conditions? Is it, is it like the muscle on the front of their foot that raises it for the clutch? Or what wears out for most people, I think? Um, I think most people underhydrate. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's like an overcast day and it's like 60 out, people think, ah, you know, I'll be okay. But like, um, you know, motorsports and driving especially is such a mentally taxing activity and your brain needs water to function properly. And so you go through it a lot faster in a race car, even though you're not quite as physical as other uh, sports. And so underhydration is a big one. As soon as you become dehydrated in the car, your focus takes a hit big time and that can end up being pretty dangerous yeah, so yeah. but yeah i mean cramping if you're at the point where you're cramping you're way past where you need to be yeah. for being in a race car but yeah i'd say under hydration is a big one lack of sleep that's common right because everybody's up late prepping are they flying late they got a missed flight yeah, yeah. yeah you know it's pretty rare for me to get in a race car with a solid eight eight hours <laughs> of sleep it's quite a luxury though yeah um but yeah, I mean, physical fitness I found is, is, is huge. And, and the biggest thing it affects is the mental clarity, right? So the less taxing the activity is on your, on your brain because it's uh, more fit or your body's more. So I guess you would say if your body's more fit, it takes longer for you to get to the point where you're uncomfortable in a race car because they're not necessarily the most comfortable things. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can stave that off for a little bit you'll be able to stay more mentally focused because anytime you become uncomfortable it's in the back of your mind subconsciously and it will affect your focus and affect your performance have you ever had anything like that happen to you yeah oh yeah <clears throat> i've had a couple of hot races where i've been in the car and you know i've, I've had one where i've realized it was happening and i just kind of had to like really just push through it you know i knew i, had, yeah. I knew i had to be in the car for another 35 minutes or something <laughs> You just kind of have to put your head down and, and swallow your spit and get through it. You know, you can tell that you're in pain or whatever, you're cramping and it's, 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 you don't have time to think about those things. So you just, I, I basically told myself in the car, I'll, I'll deal with it in 35 minutes, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I, lately, um, in the last year or so, I put a big emphasis on my physical fitness that I haven't in the past 10 years, um, 10 years ago, came out of high school as like a, well, that was more than 10 years ago, but um, did track and field in high school and I was pretty fit. And since then I've just been, you know, college and everything it falls off, but I've put more of a focus on it. And um, I've noticed a huge difference in the car for sure. Um, 
So it, it's huge. Like if you want to get serious about getting fast, I think physical fitness is one of the number one things. How did you get started with racing? And when was it? Oh, that's a longer story. Um, so I'll bring it back to all the way when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting that my father wasn't, I mean, my father liked sports cars. My, fa- my father was a fighter pilot, so he liked fast things. But, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't into cars at the obsessive level that, that most people who race are. Um, but, like, as a kid, I was, you know, I had huge collections of Hot Wheels. It's all I could think about. If I was given Legos, I would just take the kid apart from whatever it was supposed to be and build a car. Um, when I was... In middle school, I thought I wanted to be a car designer, like work the clay and stuff, and then like it just leads up to when I graduated high high school, and it was like, what am I going to do for my career? Uh, I want to get better at cars because during high school, I was modifying. I had a Miata that I modified, and you know, working on stuff. So I was like, I want to get better at that. So I'll do mechanical engineering. Um, learned a lot there. The, biggest turning point for me as far as racing was I was involved in a program called Formula SAE. Yeah. So Society of Automotive Engineers puts on a competition uh, with a bunch of colleges in the States and abroad. Uh, and the idea is that uh, junior and senior level engineering students design, build, test, drive, compete, race a open wheel race car, um, single seater. Um, and it very strict rule book, actually stricter than any other racing series I've been involved in, amazingly. And uh, it's extremely competitive, and you have one event throughout the year. So you, you start <laughs> the beginning of the year, you design it, you do all the engineering, you build it. So you have a bunch of nerdy engineering kids trying to learn how to use welders and you know mills and lathes and everything. So I learned a ton as far as working on things through that program. Um, and then at the end of the year, you compete with a bunch of other schools. And that program kind of changed my life because it taught me a whole bunch about work ethic and managing people and working with personalities you don't necessarily want to work with. Um, a whole bunch of different skill sets. I learned how to weld. I learned how to use machines. I learned how to drive a little bit. learned a whole bunch about vehicle dynamics, mm-hmm. um, stuff that they don't teach you in classes. Um, I came out of that with a bunch of friends from that program because when you you know, when you go through hell with a bunch of people, oh, yeah. you end up being really good friends. And about two years after I graduated, um, I was focusing on my career, and my good friend uh, from that program called me, and he bought a spec me on. He's like, you want to go champ car racing? I was like, let's go. And at the time, we just started splitting the costs. Um, and previously, I mean, we were into driving beforehand. I, about 12 years ago, I started autocrossing and track days and such. But that was the first time we got to go to a wheel-to-wheel race, um, and it was at Road Atlanta, which isn't a beginner track no, at all. No, no. Um, it was my first wheel-to-wheel race, and like <laughs> after that, I didn't care about autocross, I didn't care about track days, I didn't care about literally anything else but like endurance racing. Like I just wanted to be behind the wheel for two hours, like next to other cars, you know. Um, and then. You know, as money allowed, we tried to do more and more races with that team, and then eventually I branched off, and you meet people in the paddock, you know, you meet a whole bunch of friends, and, oh, come drive my car, come do this, come help me out. And so I started renting from other people, and, yeah, uh, 
worked some pro races later on. Um, as far as like working in racing, the biggest thing that happened to me was I got laid off in 2020. Uh, COVID took a hit in the sales of the company I was working for. And it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me because. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Three months after I got laid off, I was in a pro paddock for the first time. In what? Uh, in a pro motorsports okay. paddock. In got it. SRO. Yep. And, you know, three months before that, I would have never thought that. I, I didn't even know how to get into that, right? And one of my dreams of, like, one of my dream jobs is being a race engineer. And so when I got laid off, I, uh, I started a business doing uh, mobile wheel alignments and race car setup stuff. I ran this business out of my truck, drove around the city, um, did that for a while. A friend of a friend from the Champ Car team that I started with needed somebody at a, at a track that could set up a vehicle. So there you go. Um, that season I was with Hard Motorsport, it's 2020, uh, and I was the car chief for Johan Schwartz's car. And it was life changing. Johan and I are still friends. The engineer I work with are still friends and I just met a bunch of people in the paddock and just been trying to keep it up ever since. And I feel like I'm trying, I'm just now getting to the point in my life where I can't fully commit to racing. I can't fully commit to my day job. So <laughs> at some point I'm going to have to choose, yeah. which is exciting and terrifying at yeah. the same time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as starting in it, some of it falls in your lap and some of it you got to really push push into you know? well it seems like one thing that you did really well is you networked really well with people yeah so that's interesting because I've never been a very social person I'm an engineer by trade um, but the people you meet in racing they're all kind of nerds you know the race car nerds or they're mechanic yeah. nerds or, or you know the engineers are number nerds or yeah. whatever so kind of get along with a lot of people um, and to be honest, in 2020, I had such a good time and met a whole bunch of people. And then every time I'd go through Facebook, I'd be like, oh, you're, you have 30 mutual friends with this person. I'm like, I have no idea who that is, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's like I have 4,000 Facebook friends, you know. <laughs> okay, cool. But, you know, it's a big community. Yep. But it's also really small. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's big in how much interaction goes on uh, because it needs to, but... There's, you see familiar you see yeah you see the same people sometimes and the, the connections are I mean there's no more than a one or two degrees of separation between right. everybody right yeah I mean it's extremely small world in that regard yeah um, speaking of alignment you helped me um, in Indianapolis yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah it was a yeah. practice that I got sideways and someone t-boned the passenger side and yeah. you had to fix it yeah yeah so I was working. <laughs> I was working for Chris Taylor. He runs that big B-Spec program for SCCA. Yeah. You know, best rental program you can get for entry-level SCCA racing, I think. Um, love working with him and, and you guys. And 
yeah, that was a fun race. The runoffs were super fun, but man, I did a lot of setups that weekend. Yeah, I mean, you were busy, super I busy. busy. I was busy, but yeah, I mean, I like getting, uh, I love doing that type of work and then getting the feedback from the driver that the car feels great or, or whatever. That's well, super satisfying to me, so. It, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, kind of a newbie. I mean, it, no, it's better, but I couldn't tell you by how much. I have a lot of improvement to do myself, so. Right. Uh, that was the main thing. Um, so your 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 here your wife is starting to get involved a little bit. Yeah, um, maybe not not willingly. <laughs> she got she's getting kind of sucked into. So what happened was she came to the first WRL race with me this year uh -huh. um, at Barber, and she brought her camera because. She does wedding videography. Oh, she wow. Does, she's an expert then. Yeah, I mean, she's very good at it. Yeah. And uh, she's never shot anything motorsports or cars or anything. So she was a little timid about shooting the cars. She also didn't have the right equipment. She just shot the people mm -hmm. in the paddock and in the pits. And she posted some of those after the race we had. And she was approached by five different teams about, can you shoot for us the next race? And she was like, well, I guess I'm in this now, you know, <laughs> and she's a serial business owner. So, you know, if there's a way for her to make money on the side or on the weekend, she's going to go for it. So, yeah, she got started into that, she started, started buying some more equipment. She's naturally talented, um, but it's also awesome to just have her at the races with me. And she's not a huge motorsports fan. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll watch F1 together. She enjoys all the, the drama and yeah, the politics yeah. and everything. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great community. Everybody at the track is super open and welcoming to all sorts of people, and she's really been enjoying it. So, um, you know, she'll, she'll be at probably most of the WL races for now, and I know she'll be at Daytona. She wants to go to the beach afterwards, so. That sounds good. I've never been to Daytona, so I want to oh, check it cool. out sometime. It's cool, man. It's a cool track. Um, it's actually kind of boring to drive, weirdly. Yeah. But it's just like it has all this hype. Oh my God, it's Daytona, it's under yeah. the lights. You know, you're going 150 miles an hour. So yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so, with all the places you've uh, raced before, do you have any tracks that are like your favorite? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Laguna Seca, by far. Yeah, I don't know if it was just like because the weather was perfect and like it was just a good time with the right people. Uh -huh. Like, I went with Chris Taylor, Colin, and Jorge. Um, and we raced that Lone Star Rally Cross Miata out there. And it didn't go too well for us. We were in the lead the first day, Blue Sound, and there they don't just like, you can't just do a drive-through. They have to make sure that you fix it. So that, that was our race. Um, and then the second day, we were catching the leader by a good amount of time a lap, on track for a lead by the end of the, a win by the end of the day. And I was in the car coming around turn nine and the motor just let go. And I've never had an engine let go so violently in my life. It just, boom. And then you hear all the, the, the bells and whistles like pistons and sides of the block falling underneath the car. And God. just put it neutral, coasted right into the pits and got out of the car and started packing stuff up. And we, oh we were done. God. It was Sunday, so. But that track is incredible. Yeah. It's, it's all high speed and like it's weirdly low grip because there's so much sand in the area. Yeah, yeah. It blows over the track and so like grip levels change. 
and uh, we were running a lot of downforce on that car, so it was, it was just a joy. Yeah, it was awesome. And we like nailed the setup, so it was like everything was great. Yeah. Um, how about any like races? I mean, that sounds like a race that you maybe don't want to remember with you pulling into the motor giving, but. How about a race that you're, you're going to remember, never going to forget, because it was just real special for you? Mm. There's a couple. Um, so I'll give you one from the early days when we weren't, when I wasn't competitive. And it, it was back in the days when you start racing and you're just doing it for fun. And... Uh, like nowadays you try to be really competitive and, and some of that fun is lost. Like you're more, you're more focused on being serious rather than just enjoying the, the time. But if it was the second time I was at Road Atlanta uh, with uh, a bunch of the engineers I went to school with mm. in that spec Miata that they wanted to race in. And uh, we, it, it was the original 1.6 that was in that car and I think each one of us probably zinged the motor about twice in our stints just because we were losing transmission and motor mounts and so the thing vibrated a lot on downshifting. And we get a call from one of our drivers, uh, got no power, clutch is gone. It's like, all right, damn. So we tow the thing in and the clutch was gone. It had left the chat. So we pulled it apart and a whole bunch of dust came out of the bell housing. <laughs> and we had another clutch and put it in, but like we're all joking around and running around the car with tools and, and we had that thing from by the time it got to our paddock to driving off to get back on track was about 45 minutes to swap the clutch. And uh, it, it was just, it was a good time all around. It was fun driving, it was fun wrenching on it, and we didn't care about what place we finished, just that we finished. So yeah. that's probably one of my more memorable ones. Cool. Um, what about the future? What do you what do you see for yourself if 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 racing's that future or being involved in racing, you know, if that's the path you choose, what do you want to be doing like a few years from now? I won't even say how long, right? You maybe have a vision of what you want. So I've always heard that you should put like timelines on goals. But I've never done that because it's honestly kind of stress inducing. Yeah. Um, I just try to approach every situation in this industry as positively as I can and work as hard as I can in, in whatever situation I'm in and, and sometimes things work out, you know, sometimes they don't, but more often than not, if you approach something in that attitude, it'll work out for you. Um, yeah, I don't really know, like there's two sides of it. There's the making this a living turning this into my career, which I kind of at a crossroads in a little bit. Um, and I'm just going to grab whatever opportunity comes my way that, that fits. And then there's also, you know, the every boy's dream of being a race car driver, which I guess I am somewhat living that dream at this point. But uh, the idea is to go from paying to be behind the wheel to, you know, not paying yeah. to then being paid. So yeah. like if I can continue on that trajectory in any way, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after it. But I don't think I'll ever quit. Uh, whether I get to whatever goal I want or not, I, I'll just always be involved in it in some way or another. I took, I took a little time off 
I think it was in 21. Is that when you were traveling? Uh, I saw a bunch of pictures when you were overseas, I think. Yeah, no, my wife and I like to travel too, but no, it was, I had just changed jobs and I was trying to build up my nine to five career a little bit, get to a more stable financial spot. And uh, I was miserable. Yeah. I wasn't racing for like maybe six months. It's not that long, right? But I was miserable. It's all I could think about. So it, why stop, right? If I can do it. Yeah. Um, one thing I usually ask people about is if you were gonna talk to somebody who's interested in testing the waters with how to get into motorsport racing, maybe they don't even know if they're gonna like it or not. How would you suggest that they, they try to get in? I would say the, the best thing the SCCA has ever done is autocross because it is that first step. It was my first step. I didn't even know what it was when I graduated high school. I moved, I moved to a new, totally new city after that to go to college and I just met up with some car people I met on the forums and they were like, come do this thing. And I was hooked right away, you know, just dodging cones or whatever, which, um, I mean, it was just a blast, right? And, and the thing is, it's so low impact. You can bring any vehicle you want. Um, the autocross and rallycross are, are, they're incredible. And it's, it's so cheap. It's like $35 maybe. Yeah. Um, you meet a whole bunch of people, um, potentially people that are pretty deep in the industry. You meet a bunch of quick people business owners, you know, it's great for networking, but like it teaches that car control, low impact environment, hardly costs any money. Um, and there's no pressure. That's a big thing is I, I think, you know, when you are, when people that get into wheel to wheel racing, you want to share this with everybody, you know, come, come to the race, like do this. And it just overwhelms people if they've never been around this before. Um, and it, Autocross, for example, is just, it's just so relaxed and like go as fast as you want. And if you mess up, you hit a cone and it literally causes no damage. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that is absolutely the first step. Cool. See if you have the knack for it. See if you uh, enjoy the people that are involved in it and just go from there. There's a lot of great racing drivers that started there too. I think Randy Pokes is pretty famous for starting with SEC Autocross. So. Cool. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. We maybe we'll have another chance to chat again. I'll get maybe the download for how the season goes yeah, towards the yeah. end. I'll be posting about it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate thank you, it. Thank you, Kerry. Yeah. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.